The Book of Acts, Chapter 17 Next, they journeyed through Amphipolis and Apollonia and arrived at Thessalonica. Here there was a synagogue of the Jews which Paul entered, following his usual custom. On three Sabbath days he argued with them from the Scriptures, explaining and quoting passages to prove the necessity for the death of Christ and his rising again from the dead. This Jesus whom I am proclaiming to you, he concluded, is God's Christ. Some of them were convinced and sided with Paul and Silas, and they were joined by a great many believing Greeks and a considerable number of influential women. But the Jews, in a fury of jealousy, got hold of some of the unprincipled loungers of the marketplace to incite a mob together and set the city in an uproar. Then they attacked Jason's house in an attempt to bring Paul and Silas out before the people. When they could not find them, they hustled Jason and some of the brothers before the civic authorities, shouting, These are the men who have turned the world upside down and have now come here, and Jason has taken them into his house. What is more, all these men act against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king called Jesus. By these words, the Jews succeeded in alarming both the people and the authorities, and they only released Jason and the others after binding them over to keep the peace. Without delay, the brothers dispatched Paul and Silas off to Berea that night. On their arrival there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. The Jews proved more sympathetic than those in Thessalonica, for they accepted the message most eagerly and studied the scriptures every day to see if what they were now being told were true. As a result, many of them became believers, and so did a number of Greek women of social standing and quite a number of men. But when the Jews at Thessalonica found out that God's message had been proclaimed by Paul at Berea as well, they came there too to stir up trouble and spread alarm among the crowds. The brothers at Berea then sent Paul off at once to make his way to the seacoast, but Silas and Timothy remained there. The men who escorted Paul took him as far as Athens and returned with instructions for Silas and Timothy to rejoin Paul as soon as possible. Paul had some days to wait at Athens for Silas and Timothy to arrive, and while he was there, his soul was exasperated at the sight of a city so completely idolatrous. He felt compelled to discuss the matter with the Jews in the synagogue, as well as with the God-fearing Gentiles, and he even argued daily in the open marketplace with the passers-by. While he was speaking there, some Epicurean and Stoic philosophers came across him, and some of them remarked, "'What is this cock-sparrow trying to say?' Others said, he seems to be trying to proclaim some more gods to us, and foreign ones at that. For Paul was actually proclaiming Jesus and the resurrection. So they got hold of him and conducted him to their council, the Areopagus. There they asked him, may we know what this new teaching of yours really is? You talk of matters which sound strange to our ears, and we should like to know what they mean. For all the Athenians, and even foreign visitors to Athens, had an obsession for any novelty and would spend their whole time talking about or listening to anything new. So Paul got to his feet in the middle of their council and began, Gentlemen of Athens, my own eyes tell me that you are in all respects an extremely religious people. For as I walked through your city, looking at your shrines, I even found one altar on which were inscribed the words, To God the Unknown. It is this God whom you are worshipping in ignorance that I am here to proclaim to you. 
God who made the world and all that is in it, being Lord of both heaven and earth, does not live in man-made temples, nor is he ministered to by human hands as though he had need of anything, seeing that he is the one who gives to all men life and breath and everything else. From one ancestor he has created every race of men to live over the face of the whole earth. He has determined the times of their existence and the limits of their habitation, so that they might search for God in the hope that they might feel for him and might find him, yes, even though he is not far from any one of us. Indeed, it is in him that we live and move and have our being. Some of your own poets have endorsed this in the words, For we are indeed his children. If then we are children of God, we ought not to think of him in terms of gold or silver or stone, designed by human art and imagination. Now while it is true that God has overlooked the days of ignorance, he now commands all men everywhere to repent. For he has fixed a day on which he will judge the whole world in justice by the standard of a man whom he has appointed. That this is so has guaranteed to all men by raising this man from the dead. But when his audience heard Paul talk about the resurrection from the dead, some of them jeered, but others said, We should like to hear you speak again on the subject. So with this mixed reception, Paul retired from their assembly. Yet some did in fact join him and accept the faith, including Dionysius, a member of the Areopagus, a woman by the name of Damaris, and some others as well.